2: Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on today with JB. And before I introduce our guests, I've got a couple of... Well, just one an, an exciting thing to announce. We're going to be powered this year by Code. Code Sports. Um, it's... Uh, I mean, I don't really know what to say about them. If you haven't heard about Code Sports, they're great. Go check out their website. We're going to have a lot of articles powered by Code this year as well, and maybe some sneaky podcasts too. So I can't get too deep into that, but very excited to announce that we're powered by Code, who have given us this opportunity to do today's podcast. Um, I'm going to firstly introduce Pistol. How are you?
3: I'm good, but usually when you say on the podcast, we've got a very special guest, you introduce me. So I'm glad this time it's an actual guest.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, you're not the special guest. Um, In fact, you never have been. But the actual special guest is Will Schofield. Uh, So Willie... (laughs) 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 Okay, I won't call you Willie Schoey. You can call
4: me Willie, JB. You can call (laughs) me
2: whatever you like, mate. A a career super coach average of 552 career best in a season of 71.6 you're here to talk about Supercoach being a big afl fantasy player uh so why don't you give us your well first of all how long you'll be playing afl fantasy and and what you get into there Uh, and secondly where we can find and hear you also um a part of the code affiliate
4: Well, I will start with this, fellas. Luckily enough, uh, your quality of Supercoach scoring uh, does not reflect your ability to play this game, as you both, I think, should know. So, um, Because I think, uh, as far as I know, I think you're both averaging about zero for your careers on the field. (laughs) So far, yes, yes. Okay, perfect. Um, No, it's good to be here, boys. I'm uh, I'm glad to join forces with you, boys, hopefully for the rest of the year. Um, It's going to be a bit of fun. I've never played Supercoach before, so ideally... Uh, that's what it's going to look like. You guys trying to teach me what is actually going on. I've been playing uh, AFL Fantasy for about 20 years with my schoolmates. Uh, never finished inside the, inside the top 1,000, um, but I've been pretty close. I finished second in Australia in a round last year, which is probably my, wow. my I don't know, claim to fame, if you want to call it that. That's good, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's my background there. In terms of what I'm doing outside of this, I am writing articles for Code Sports. I can help you out a bit if you want, JB. Code Sports Please. is basically uh, your one stop shop. If you're a lover of sports, you can get features, you can get opinions in articles, you can get a subscription to Supercoach, and you can get a subscription to KO as well. So if you want to watch, you want to play fantasy, you want to read up about your favourite players, it's kind of a one-stop shop for everything, which is why it makes so much sense that you boys are on board with them this year, and I'm excited for you.
2: Absolutely. We are very excited. Um, it, essentially, I can't imagine a better partnership. They tick every single box that we would look for, and I hope we do the same for them. So you can tell you've read out the promo before, Will. Uh, so that's something that I was obviously lacking in the, in the lead up there. But I honestly, haven't.
4: I've never done it. I've never read it off out the cuff. before. Yeah, it's off the cuff, mate. I've been doing okay. media for a little bit um, okay, because right. my, my, uh, I'm cutting my teeth over on my podcast, which is Back Chat um so we've been doing that i've been doing that for about 10 years but we've been doing it properly with a full youtube setup um we're all over that and we interview a guest a week we do a bit of fantasy chat we're going to work in a bit of super coach chat a little bit of betting we've got a bit of everything in the afl land but we have a we don't just um focus on the afl we've got a bit of sport love we share it around a little bit so that's my thing back chat so once you've done listening to uh the podcast with you lads you're going to jump over to back chat, everyone listening?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, not what, something that I've heard specifically, but definitely on the to watch, to listen to your list at the moment. So I'll have to get around to doing that after the podcast as well. Um, Pistol. I'm still here. Uh, yeah, you are, you are still here. You are still here. You play or have played at least fantasy quite a bit as well. Uh, so I'm going to lean on you to sort of Tell me the, the fantasy innuendo that Schofield has and and obviously you can bridge the supercoach gaps as well. So I like I've now called
3: him three different names in the first three I know, minutes. Of the I'm, mi- I'm gonna
2: mix it up the entire podcast, <laughs> keep, him, keep him on his toes. Uh, um, very good. But I'm just JB by the way. Um <laughs> so firstly, um oh Will, what's your supercoach team look like? Or what do you know about Supercoach? Because it's quite a different game to fantasy and um, I think there's a bit of a Twitter war about it as to which one is the better game. So hopefully we can get an answer from you towards the end of the year about what you think about that. But um, so far, what are you what are you looking like? What are you looking at?
4: Well, Geordie, um, I'll tell you <laughs> what I think about it. Uh, look, I I got to admit, with a week to go, well, less than a week to go, I'm not fully around the differences in scoring, which I believe is the biggest difference is the fact that afl fantasy is kicks marks handballs you get a certain amount of points doesn't matter where it goes doesn't matter what you do with it but super coach it's more based on efficiency and impact on the game so look i'm excited to learn about it but i i'm not going to sit here and say i'm an expert that's for sure
2: yeah so what's the team look like coming over from fantasy if i were to do the switch the other way around obviously i'd be getting a lot of guys who are highly impactful i think um players that have the sort of split the wrong way for us. I suppose um, Petrarchan might be one of them. He's very influential in the game. Um, Just, you know, a few players that are sort of better efficiency, higher higher influential players, I would put into my fantasy team. Have you sort of found that you're putting fantasy-relevant players, like, for example, maybe Matt Crouch this season? I'm not sure who you've got in your side. So um, who do you think you have in your side right now that might not actually translate?
4: Well, I've got Matt Crouch in my fantasy side, but he's not yep. in my super coach side. I have Jared Berry uh, in my yep. super coach side, not in my AFL fantasy side. Like, I think the... There's parallels between building a team, right? You need to find value in what you're looking for. There's no difference there. So Jared Berry over at AFL Fantasy is like, I don't know, six hundred and fifty grand, where over at Supercoach he's two sixty-eight. So
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, I would probably have Jared Berry in my dream team, but he doesn't fit the, you know, profile I'm trying to build with my team. So I do understand the basics and using a salary cap in order to, you know, build a team that's hopefully gonna be successful. Um, I'm looking through it. Uh Couple of guys, like I don't have Will Brody in my fantasy side, but I have him in my super coach currently. But that's yep. going to be pending a bit on how I see the selection with Frio playing out. Uh, who else I don't have Crisp in my um, I don't have Jack Crisp in my fantasy side I have him in my super coach but that's pending change to be honest he's a bit of you've named
2: a- three for three on players I have in my current team as well <laughs> okay. so good start good here start. we
4: go Pistol was oh, sorry is that JB I don't even that's know. JB
2: the COVID oh, JB. voice is already yeah. kicking in for me but okay. that's JB
4: very good, very good. Um, who else Lockie Neal's in my super coach side not in my fantasy yep. side I think the rookies are actually pretty similar across the range Dylan Stevens is probably one that, again, over at fantasy because of the discounts there, you can't get him in the team. He's like three or four hundred grand, but he's just above a rookie price over at Supercoach. So um, he's pretty much a lock for me as long as he gets a game.
2: So Pistol, can you talk to us a little bit about the pricing and the differential between Supercoach and Fantasy? Because hearing someone like Barry is over six hundred k blows my mind. Like only. Supercoach's best players go over 600K. Uh, so, obviously, Barry not being one of those is, is priced lowly and missed a lot of footy last season. So, what is the sort of difference there for Will to sort of get his head around?
3: So, I'm pretty sure that the discounts in AFL Fantasy, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's based on how many games were missed um, from the previous season. Like, there's a little bit of a discount as well as what they averaged the year before. And in yep. Supercoach, it's more... Um, that They take, like, let's say... A range of four to six games if you've missed between if you've only played four to six games you get a stock standard discount if you've only played this to this you get a stock standard discount but it's not different between individual games missed like this, there'll be the same discount between f- if you've only played five games and only played six games um, so there's a little bit of a difference there and the averages is going to be different just because in super coach because of how the scaling works if you get injured in a match and you only play you know 20 percent of the game a lot of the time you're, you're scaled down whereas in dream team whatever you scored when you got injured is what you scored and that does have an impact on people's seasonal averages especially if they have a long-term injury across you know the whole year um it'll affect the next year's starting price so that that's where a lot of these little gaps and differences come from
2: yeah, and players in AFL fantasy seem to be much higher priced as well. Is there there's obviously a higher salary yeah. cap, is there a difference there?
3: Yeah, yeah, so there's there is and there's also um, other differences. I guess we may as well go into the main main differences. Yeah, I think it's it. not just it's not just about the salary cap itself, but the whole way um, you play Supercoach is different than the way you play AFL Fantasy because in AFL Fantasy, you have two trades per week. And there's is, there's no changes for that this year, is there? Um, no, that's
2: right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. so there's
3: only two. So in Supercoach, for the first time ever, uh, you can have five trade boosts, which let you have three trades in any given week. Or in the buys, you can have four trades because you get, you get three. Um, but you have a total of 35. So everyone you use, you lose. That means that you have to pick a certain amount of players for the entire season um, to be able to trade around those, I guess, more fringe players and value players to be able to complete your team. What a trap is that people typically get caught in Supercoach is they don't pick enough we call them, you know, premiums or keepers, but they don't they don't pick enough keepers in their round one side so that they're not actually able to have enough trades to complete their team. So Last season, for example, when we had more rookies and rookie-priced players, we were able to start with thirteen premiums. That meant that we were able to complete our side and still have, you know, four, five, six trades to then optimize, you know, some of our some of our picks. Whereas other people would start, you know, ten premiums and then they would run out of trades and they wouldn't even be able to get twenty-two, you know, good players by the end. So one of the big differences is making sure that you have. You know, between 11 and 13 premium players that you plan on keeping for the whole season. That The key is plan on keeping for the whole season. I know a lot of people are choosing um, George Hewitt and counting him as a premium player, but if you don't plan to keep him for the whole season, it's still going to cost you a trade and you only have 35 of them. So I think that's one of the biggest differences between the games themselves because it changes the way that you have your starting team structure. In AFL fantasy, you're trying to pick value pretty much with every pick, or for most of the picks, I should say, not every pick, but you want as much value on your side as possible, whereas Supercoach, it's more of a balanced approach on picking players that have the highest scoring potential as well as players that have value.
4: Pistol, pistol. I have a question. Um, so George Hewitt and maybe Malera as well. So those two may or may not be in your final six defenders. What are you meant to do then if you're not going to... Uh, like, how do you, do you... Do you maybe use those two to pick one player and get a real rookie? Is that what you're saying? Like, should I not have Hewitt and Maleria in my team?
3: Yeah, so this year <coughs> this is a bit different than last year just because of the lack of defender rookies. Your, your hands might be kind of forced. But if you're picking Hewitt as one of, let's say, 11 premiums for the whole season, and he's one of your 11, realistically, you only have 10 that you're carrying mm. through for the whole year, and that's not enough to be able to complete your team. You will run out of trades before the end of the season. So you'd have to be picking 11 premiums and Hewitt as your twelfth to be able to finish your team at the end of the day.
4: I've just I've just counted them up. I have I think I have twelve. Well, I'm hoping that I have twelve in my team plus Hewitt plus Malira, but I don't know how he's going to go. How does that sound? <laughs> I mean, do you want
2: to try and like maybe read? Do you want to me read through the twelve and That's just see? Perfect. If we have the same sort of thought process in regards to the keeper slash premium players.
4: Okay, let's do it. Do you want me to read through mine? Yeah,
2: go for yeah,
4: it. Yeah, go for it. All right, so Crisp, is he's interchangeable for mine. But at the moment, I've got Crisp, uh, Whitfield. Um, they're my two backs. Yep. And then yep. in, the, in the midfield, uh, I've got Jack Steele, Petrarca, Josh Kelly, Lockie Neal, and um, I probably would like to add Raul if I can add him as well, but we'll see how yep. that goes because I've got a I've I need to check up how he's scoring equates in Super coach Land, but yep. I very think good. he's going to have a well, I think he's going to have a very good season, so he needs to be in there. But that's yep. my four in my midfield. Yep, we're up to six. I've I've got uh, two premium rucks, Gorn and uh, Gorn and Grundy, and then I have Dunkley, Trelaw, Butters, and Cornelia. I think all those four can be
3: top six forwards. So, I would be counting 11 just because Canelio. I mean, we, we all think that he's going to be someone we're going to keep, but there is a little bit of risk there in terms of role. So, and given yes. his price is, you know, so cheap as well, we'll just, we're on the taking the safe side.
2: If we. It might be better to define it uh, a little bit a little bit further. So, yeah. for example, Chris, Whitfield, Steele, those three, for example, just the first three off the bat there. Um, they're at a high enough price that there's no other purpose they could serve for your team, right? So you're yes. picking them for the entire season. They're not making you <laughs> any money. They're just going to score points. They're going to be there around 23. And by the way, all three of those good picks. Um, Trelaw, worst case scenario, if he averages 80 or 85, he's not a keeper. He's not quite in that forward six. Um but he actually makes you enough money, so he's better to sure. be defined as someone who's. Uh, sorry, uh, Cornelia. Yeah, he's not better sure. to be defined Cornelia. as someone who's <laughs> um, a short-term money maker with the upside of maybe he can be a premium. But at the moment, this is like essentially super coach. You really have to justify everyone's selection in your teams. They really need to serve the purpose of making money or being a premium, scoring points, and, and saving you trades down the line. So, um. I guess yeah, you go pissed. I didn't, didn't mean to cut you off, but to define that a bit better. No, no, um, define you don't well. have eleven.
3: But yeah. yeah, it means you got eleven and then Hewitt. So okay, that's okay. But that's the you know, bare minimum there, <laughs> which is fine. Okay. A lot of us are doing that because of the lack of rookies. Um, however, there's plenty of people in the past. Hopefully, not many that still you know listen to us. Hopefully, everyone's learned in the last couple of years. Uh, that would be doing you know ten. And, and they or they would be picking 10 and two players, like including a Raoul and including a Hewitt, which Raoul can't be considered in that same category because it's he's unlikely to finish as a top midfielder in his line. However, he's more likely to make you 150k, which is kind of that magic number that we want these mid prices and rookies to make. And then we can, you know, sell them for a nice profit. And he's very likely to make that amount of money.
4: Of those premiums I mentioned, then my 11, am I? Missing anyone that I should definitely have in my team? That you're just thinking, what are you, what are you actually doing? You're actually <laughs> just, a, just a dumb, you're dumb as you look and sound.
2: <laughs> no, there's a couple, there's a couple of good ones that should probably be in there. Um, Jackson McRae, I think, is pretty safe in everyone's side, um, <sighs> as well as I think Took Miller after his preseason is pretty safe in everyone's side. Um, besides that, look, it's it doesn't it doesn't actually sound bad from the list that you have. Um, Trelaw and Josh Kelly, I immediately put a little cross next to. Um, they're just not quite durable. Like the the risk factor is just really enlarged with those two. Um, but I understand the allure. They're obviously great players, and when they're up and about, they're fun to watch as well. So um, I think with Supercoach as well, it's important because of those limited trades. The premiums that you get, unlike AFL fantasy, where you get unlimited two trades per week Um, supercoach you have to your premiums have to withstand the season Um, if you're sideways in too many injured premiums then um, those 35 trades if you're using you know three or four or five on premium players you might not be able to actually complete your side yes okay so
3: that's that's a big one Josh Kelly's uh someone that we we love talking about I've have fallen into starting him I think the last four years and Burns me every single year because he can't play 22 games he just doesn't do it so it, it always works out poorly um mcrae though as a pick and i heard you sigh there it's more western bulldogs play i think it's like the first game or in the first two games seven of the first 10 rounds which means when we're doing our captaincy loopholing um he becomes the prime candidate just Given he's, you know, mm. the highest scoring player in the game last season. And yes. you know, you get that double chance of that captaincy, so he becomes kind of a must have just purely because of that vice captaincy.
2: Okay, fair so, enough. So, what the loophole is there a loophole in fantasy, first of all? <laughs> yeah, uh, there is. Do you know about
3: it. Yeah, there is. Um, it's not
4: as, I mean, it's a rolling lockout in Supercoach, isn't it? Is yep. that correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah, so that's the biggest difference. It's not a rolling lockout um, per se. Oh, you know what? It has been. It has been a rolling lockout the last year because <laughs> of COVID. So, yep. I'm pretty used to it. Um, I'm aware that I'll be playing across Supercoach and Dream team, and I'm going to have to have my wits about me, and I'm going to have to have some contingency plans in place. But I, I know how it works. You aim to start a, you know, premium mid or definitely a premium scoring player in that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night game. Um, hope that he goes very well as vice captain and then shuffle some guys around on the bench, put someone, a non-scoring player on the field with a captaincy, and that's how it works in fantasy anyway. I'm yeah, assuming it's yeah, yep. the same here. So yeah, in nowadays.
3: Supercoach, uh, one of the things that's a difference, again, with AFL Fantasy is we have only one ruck bench option, which makes it a real ideal scenario to use that spot to do our loop Um That's typically what we've done in the past, and, and the best play is, let's say, your you know, vice-captaining Grundy or whichever one. Which are Gorn or Grundy? You'd, you'd bench them with the emergency, and you would just play your non-playing R three on your field. So it's just a very easy flick to put the captaincy on that player. Yeah. And yeah. typically, if you're picking somebody that plays many Sunday games, you don't actually need to put your vice captaincy on somebody that plays, you know, a Thursday, Friday. Sometimes your vice captaincy can go on somebody on like a bloody Sunday or something. So yes, you just have much more time to be able to pick your, you know, vice captaincies, and and then you've got the whole. Emergency loopholing, which uh, is essentially the same, but you're not actually using your captaincy. And that's where you will have an emergency player that plays early in the round. Um,
2: Don't, for example, Springs. Like, 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 for example, Durden, if you think Durden Durden. is a chance to start well for Carlton, you put the emergency on him, he plays early in the round, he scores 80 supercoach points, and you've got Rochelle from Adelaide on your field and a donut elsewhere on your bench, then you could move Rochelle onto your bench and take that emergency score, assuming so, Rochelle yeah. is not going to score eighty.
4: So with that in mind, yep, so I am all over the um, rolling lockout and emergency and captaincy loopholes. Yep. Should should I be picking a team with guaranteed zeros on my bench?
3: So go for a pistol. Great. It's a great it's a great question. Uh, we won't we won't recommend it. This year you need all the the playing rookies that you can get. Um, the the what this leads into one of the main differences in AFL fantasy and supercoach is the prices only change in supercoach after they've played three rounds. So mm. you're picking a playoff at round one that might, you know, be named in round one and they're dropped by round three and don't make any money. In which case you will naturally have loopholing options, you know, as the season progresses. Whereas I believe in AFL fantasy the price rises you know after a game um and that that means that you know there's less risk there because worst case scenario you're sideways trading one of these rookies and you're still making money and remember there's limited tra- it's a limited trade format so you only want to pick rookies that have really good job security or really high upside in their scoring potential because if you pick somebody that doesn't have you know great job security. They have to last three weeks to make money and you could end up with a whole bench of players that don't play and not enough trades to actually trade all of them out and then that takes a massive hit. So yeah, that's that's definitely a big difference.
2: Well, the trade thing is important there because with Supercoach, cash is a points a king, but cash is also kind of king. <laughs> um, you, you need you need to upgrade those players. So the the Matty Rouse the George Hewitts, the Canelos, if they fail... Um you need to you need to upgrade them and you must have um I don't know how many rookies you've got on the field. For example, I've got Hinge on field, I've got um a number of other rookies, you know, all the the Dacos, the Horn Francis. Those guys aren't gonna be in my team for, for the entire season. They need to go up. Um, so essentially, after every few rounds, once you've accumulated enough money, once the players have appreciated enough um, price rises, you're going to be trading one of those rookies down and another one up to be able to get a full premium team. I um, assume that's the same as fantasy, but the difference is is you only have a finite amount of trades to actually do that with. So you need to players need to hit their cash appreciation, and you need to hit the the cheaper premiums to be able to actually get there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so kind of, kind of important um, that one. Yeah,
3: I like it. So just to add a tiny bit more onto that, there's a three game rolling average in Supercoach throughout the season. So if someone let's say unfortunately gets uh, KO'd and concussed and they, you know, will drop in price when they do return and play again, they're going to fall for another 2 weeks in price. Um, yes. not it's not just, you know, one week or, or you know, it, it, after the three games, i will start rocketing back in price. So it's all about the timing, just as AFL Fantasy is. Um, it's, it's still about the timing, but um, you just need to make sure that you're aware there's a three-game rolling average, not a, not a one or two.
2: Okay, very good. Right. So we'll, we've tackled quite a bit there. Um, in regards to the starting team structures, I, I mentioned having... <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm just sort of circling to having... Um, a certain amount of rookies on field. I'm curious um, as to how many rookies you have on field in your starting team, Sky.
4: Um I was going through that as you boys were speaking. I mean, is someone like Will Brody a rookie or not? No.
2: Um, I'd
3: say, no. I'd He's say people. Yeah, pe- people yeah. above it, the price of Horn Francis, giving him his okay. number one draft pick, I would say okay. mid prices, and people okay. below that is rookie price.
4: On field, I have one, two, three, four, five. Six. Jesus. <laughs> is it, well, well, wait, is that good or bad? <laughs> oh, no. It's, it feels like Go a lot. It. <laughs> it feels like I'd a love lot to, now Can well. you
3: name them? Let's see if it's as bad as it sounds.
4: Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, it is as bad as it sounds. It really is. Um, Hinge is on my field. That's all right. Paddy McCartan is on my field. That's also all right. Uh, Horde Francis, Dacos, Stevens, those three are on my field. Yep. And Rochelle, oh, Rochelle. Oh, that's
3: actually not bad at all. That's that's not probably
4: perfect. <laughs> oh, hang on. Wait, wait, what about the, oh, Jesus Christ. What's going on
3: it, here? You're confusing me. It just depends on what positions you have those rookies. Many people who say six then end up having two in the forward line and three in the back line. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah.
2: So am I right in thinking that Crisp, Whitfield, Hewitt, Melira, Hinge, McCartan is your back six at the moment?
4: Ah, uh, Yes, you are correct. Okay. How's that sounding? How's that sounding? Give me some It's not. Tips no, here. it's
2: it's not shocking. I think Melira's <laughs> and Hewitt are both risky picks. I think, I think it's kind of yeah. The discussion about whether you go whether there's enough defender rookies to go somewhat one of those all the way down and the other one all the way up. Like getting as many premiums in is kind of key. But it's probably better to pull money from elsewhere on your field. There's like, for example, if you went uh, Josh Kelly down to Rao you could potentially get Hewitt up and just switch where those premiums are in your field. Ooh, Cause yes. I think, I think Raul is a better pick than George Hewitt, for example.
4: Yes, I do too. That's a very good point. There we go. So it's
3: already working. Well done.
2: <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. So what, what do you think next pistol?
3: I think, uh, let's, let's go through the supercoach scoring. I think that's going to be a, a big. Factor. Yes,
4: please. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I'm okay. happy to lead, lead the discussion here. And, uh, I'll, I'll kick us off with the, there's the 3,300 Supercoach pie. So what that usually, or what that means is every game gets scaled to 3,300 points, regardless of, you know, how much a team wins by or, or what happens. doesn't matter if one team gets 200 possessions and another team gets 4,500 possessions, every single game, 20 goals, two goals, doesn't matter, will be scaled to 3,300 points. So, how that usually pans out is that the winning team typically will get more of the Supercoach pie. And it's usually in a range of if 1650 is a perfect split, the winning team typically will get anywhere between 1600 and 1900. And the losing team is on the other end of that. So, about, you know, 1300 to, to 1700 in a tight game. Um, that's kind of the big one because it means that. Sometimes it's better to pick players in better teams because they're going to get more of the super coach buy. But on the flip yes. side, if they've got better teams, they might all have better players. And there's only so many points that can go around. So in a, a team like the Bulldogs, which have lots of lots of good players, someone could have you know a thirty possession game and not even break a hundred points because you know half the team gets thirty possessions.
2: Like Lockie Hunter does quite frequently. Yes, Lockie
3: is a brilliant yes. example. So you gotta kind of see you gotta you gotta judge each pick not just on how they are as a pick, but how their team is and what other players might impact them receiving part of their supercoach pie. But it also works the other way. Someone like Took Miller is pretty much the only fantasy start in his team, hopefully Raoul this year as well, but it just means he gets a larger percentage of that pie because He's a fantasy stud and there's not many others. Um, but they also lose games, so that pie percentage for Gold Coast is generally lower than than other teams. And I think for this, this one, a good example is Fremantle's current short chip-chip kicking style. I think they had 139 marks on the weekend. That sounds really good for AFL Fantasy because they're getting all these plus sixes when they're marking and kicking. But in Supercoach, it, it matters a lot less. They might still supercoach coach points because they're still racking up the possessions, but at the end of the day, if you get so many possessions in the game on marks and kicks that it would exceed, I guess, thirty-three hundred points, everyone gets scaled down um, to make it thirty-three hundred in total. So all these chips and chip kicking, everything becomes worth, you know, slightly less.
4: Yes, makes sense.
3: I think that's um, I, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, if
2: I if I'm if I'm just gonna. Um, Sort of just circle around that again. Um, I wouldn't say the Supercoach pie is hugely relevant. It's re- it's good to get your head around why things are happening in Supercoach. For example, the chip chip style. If if someone takes a you know a good mark and you know kicks it and it's efficient in the first quarter and it's worth six points, and they do the chip chip in the last quarter and they're all worth three points, um, just for an example, you might be scratching your head thinking. What the hell? I've just seen the same action twice, and now all of a sudden it's it's worth less. Um, mm. It's the same with dead rubber games when they go out to a, you know an eighty point margin or something. Um, a player kicking a goal is it's just not worth the same as a player kicking a goal in a tight fourth quarter contest. Um, it's not huge differences to the point where you got to picked the entirety of, you know, Richmond for the last three years, but um, actually having said that, Richmond have only really had two or three relevant players in the last few years um, just because they spread it around more. Um, But it's just something to keep an eye on and something to sort of remember when you're you're making decisions or when you're watching games and wondering why players don't score as well as others, I guess. Um, Handballing compared to kicking as well, important, um, because it's just, you know, Pistol could probably (laughs) talk about it a bit more, but like getting that little contested handball um, as opposed to a kick leading to a goal or something is just like meaningless. So 30 touches aren't always the same either. Is there
4: anyone in um, the conversation for starting rocks other than Gorn and Grundy?
2: Um, it depends who you ask. I think Pruce was until he got... Suspended. He was in some risky players' sides, including my own. Um, Darcy, before he had all the niggles this season, just because he... I think he scored something like 45 fantasy on the weekend and 95 supercoach. Um, he's just broken. Taps to advantage are, are broken, and, and he's really good at it. So um, everything he does is is really meaningful. So he just scores supercoach points out of his backside. Yes. Um, but with the, the niggles happening there, with Bruce getting suspended... Um, it just it's it's scorn and Grundy this season again.
3: Yeah, I mean Nick Nat has been really he's a, he's an amazing Supercoach player. I mean he scored uh, he averaged 115 Supercoach last season, which is enormous. But he was hitting to a healthy midfield, which has been completely decimated now. And if you can't get those hit out to advantages for Ruckman, um, which are worth roughly five points per hit out, that's just yeah it doesn't add up as quickly when you're not. hitting it to anyone so i think players that you kind of want to target in super coach inside midfielders um are very very good because they get um hard ball gets and loose ball gets which are worth roughly 4.5 points each um and you get those effective handballs as well which um are worth one and a half points and those can get, you know, you rack them up very quickly. I should say, I'm going to loop this around in two different ways. It's going to end up in a nice package, hopefully, is in a game, as JB was saying, if a game is tight in the first quarter and then blows out for the rest of the game, every action in the first quarter is worth more points than every action for the rest of the game. Or will, it will yes. trail off. Um, yes. And the other way around, in a game where it's tight the whole game and it's tight to the very last minute, that last minute... All those actions are worth more than in the first quarter. So players like Clayton Oliver, who are always in and under the pack for the entire game, and in crunch time, you know they're putting Petrarca there, you know they're putting Oliver there. Those types of guys typically will they score well in blowouts because they're always around the ball, and they score really well in tight games. They get like really, really good results. I think Oliver's cracked 200 supercoach last season in there. I think it was a one-point loss to Adelaide just because the game was on the line in that last quarter and oliver had like you know 10 or 13 touches or something silly so well, you can you can score 50 60 70 supercoach points in a single quarter just by you know being all around that ball in the crunch time and heavily impacting the, the result of the game
4: okay oh boys i'm changing my team as we speak yeah. as as you boys just impart this knowledge on me my team is just flashing in and out of players i'm loving it
2: <laughs> um so, did you have any any questions from what we've discussed so far, or should we should we move on to the next sort of? Uh, I'm, I mean,
4: we can keep moving. I mean, the Gordon Grundy conversation for mine is you know a bit different. I'm pretty high on Darcy over at Fantasy, yeah. but uh, I'm I'm unsure whether I'm going to go with him here. I look at a guy like Rowan Marshall, to be honest, and I know he's clouded by Paddy Ryder's presence, but you know whenever he plays by himself over at Fantasy, he is a dominant dominant player. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of look at him and he's like, well, he's quite a, an attractive price in the rock there. I wonder if he could be just as, as effective as a Grundy and you save yourself 50 or 70K.
2: So I'm curious, do you know what Marshall and Grundy sort of roundabouts <coughs> averaged last season?
4: Uh, in fantasy or... In, yeah,
2: yeah, fantasy. Um,
4: I could find out pretty quickly, but I mean, Marshall scored well late. Um, yep. he, he improved as Ryder went out of the team. So, you know, he got better and better as the season went. Um, He averaged 90 last year in in AFL um, fantasy, Uh, whereas Grundy kind of, you know, he was a player that people were getting out of of their team early in the season because he started poorly, but he ended up averaging 107. So um, it's more, I guess, what you think is going to happen with Mason Cox's presence again, uh, with his sunnies and his tucked in shirt and his <laughs> uh, black skins, or, you know, Paddy Ryder comes back into the mix at St Kilda. It's been kind of vague as to what his role's going to be, when he's going to be fit. So I just wondered why, you know, someone like a Rowan Marshall could he make a bit of a leap from 530, which he's currently at, to into that 600 range and make himself sort of a premium ruck this year.
2: Yeah, so just to compare, Marshall averaged 98.6 <coughs> in Supercoach last year. Grundy averaged 115.2. Mm. Um, so quite quite the difference, I think, a bit more in Supercoach than Fantasy there. So I think it's Grundy just translates so well um, for his tackling, what he does around the ground, and uh, his hit out advantage. He sort of ticks all those boxes. When Ryder is in the side, I think it's just enough of an impact on Marshall that he's not quite going to get there. Um, Grundy did that on a down year after a neck injury. Um, he His last couple of years have been 120, 125 plus comfortably. So um, I think most people expect him to get back up there this season, whereas Marshall, it's really hard to bet on, on not that he's an unknown commodity, but it's, it's hard to bet on someone just breaking into that mold because there's only really been the three... Two and a half rucks to do it. Um, Grundy, Gorn and Darcy for the most part of last season. So um, it's really rarefied air at the moment in the last few years with those guys. Um, Grundy, Gorn being the safest. Darcy, I I love him. I really want to pick him as super coach. I think he could average like 130. He's unbelievable. Um, It's just with those finite amount of trades and his injury history, like I said, you just can't use... Too many trades on, on premiums, and there's always bound to be random games missed where you have to sort of correct a, a premium here or there. It's, it's just obviously injuries happen, so um, it's hard to pencil guys in for, for trades where when like you're sort of not sure what you're going to be looking at during the season.
4: Yeah, fair enough, very good, good answer. What else <laughs> have we got?
3: All right, I think one of the big differences is. I was talking a lot about, you know, the marks and kicks, you know, when there's a lot of marks and a lot of, a lot of kicks in games. But um, effective kicks and ineffective kicks, I think the first question to answer is, you know, what is an effective kick? So an effective kick in Supercoach, or as part of how champion data counts it, is a kick that hits the target or a kick that's over 40 meters to a, I guess, 1v1 contest or a pack. Um, if it's over 40 meters... It's fine as long as it's not a direct turnover, and that counts as an effective kick. Now, it'll say on the Supercoach website that an effective kick is worth you know a, a set amount of points. I think it says it's worth four points, but what they don't tell you is um, a couple of other things like the direction of the kick does matter. A backwards kick, even if it's effective, is not going to be worth as much as you know a 50 meter kick down the wing that hits a target. Um, these things. Because of how scaling works, they can't they can't tell you exactly how much every kick is gonna be worth for the entire game of Supercoach because it there's so much variety of what happens. So they just do a general and effective kick is worth four. Um, but when you pick somebody who just marks it and kicks it backwards and you know, a twenty meter un, you know, no one's there and they just chip it, that's that's always gonna be worth, you know, less supercoach points. So it's important to note then that there's different plays in supercoach that are worth a lot more points. So things like intercept marks are worth a lot of points. Um on the Supercoach website it'll say, you know, a mark is worth um you know, an uncontested mark it says is worth two points. It says a contested mark is worth six and an uncontested mark is worth four. And then it says a mark contested from the opposition is worth eight. And then it doesn't say, you know, a mark Yeah, well it does say mark <laughs> uncontested four points. But in the context of games where it's tight and it's somebody um, like Mitch McGovern that was doing it in on the weekend when the game was close, all of his marks were suddenly worth like six, eight, you know, 10. They were just racking up the points. Um, and he was able to put out 100 super coach points in three quarters just because of all these intercept marks. Um, so it's important to know that there's like high scoring chains um, that really, really only impact specific types of players and when you have a mid-pricer like Mitch McGovern he has a role that allows him to take a lot of intercept marks and he's at a relatively cheap price it's only like 250k so he's able to spike a game that he's going to score 100 plus super coach points and make money very quickly and I think in AFL fantasy you probably wouldn't expect that just because you know all marks are worth three so uh yeah it's important to know that even though There's different roles. Um, they'll be work. different. Not all roles are the same, like, not all defenders taking marks is worth the same because some will be intercept and some won't be. So, Sicily as well is a much better super coach scorer than AFL fantasy scorer.
4: Okay, very good. I just made some changes on some comments there. Just, should Mitch McGovern be in my team?
2: He's in mine, <laughs> okay? He, he's in there mine we as
3: well at the moment. Well, I think, oh, um, well, he's in mine now, boys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, okay, uh, so just lastly on the, the Supercoach scoring, or the last thing that I've got here, 50-meter um, penalties and clangers are uh, massive. So someone like Dustin Martin, this is the best example that I, I use um, All when time. talking about this sort of thing. <laughs> um, so he had a 34-disposal game last year where he, he kicked at least one goal. I think it was just the one. Um, typically, 34 touches, a couple of tackles, and a goal. Uh, you'd expect a pretty good... Scorer, especially in Supercoach, that's obviously highly influential, because he turns the ball over so much, or has clangor kicks that, you know, just land in between two players, or like, you know, you know, Dusty. Um, yes, he, that score was worth about a hundred and five Supercoach points. It was actually slightly less than that. Um, so picking efficient players, picking players like McRae, who, you know, both sides of his body, uh, kicking or hand passing, just always hits the target. Really efficient players. Um, is important as well, and I think Trelaw, who you have in your side, no, nah, he's, he's out. Not-
4: Trelaw's out. No, nah, he's, <laughs> he's out. out already. Look, I, li- I listen to your sport. I listen to the scoring. I listen to the importance. And Trelawor the first player out of
2: my team. <laughs> um, he's he's a, but- not- he's
4: a good player. He butchers, yeah. he butchers it. He butchers it. Let's be he's honest. Not he's not
2: a good. shocking super coach option, but with the butchering mixed with the injury proneness, um, he's just really difficult to start. I'm sure we probably get him in at some point, but no, nah, he's out. Um, he's gone. Bye-bye. He's gone. <laughs> Um, but like players like that are just like Butters, for example, so highly influential. Um, I heard you got him in your side. He doesn't he doesn't miss field kicks, uh, and he obviously he hits the scoreboard as well. So players that are really efficient um, are just worth so much more. And then you look at fifty meter penalties, and sort of Sicily's mind uh, name comes to mind. Um, they're worth I think negative eight, yeah. they? Pistol,
3: yeah, huge minus eight for a fifty meter penalty, and you've got that crackdown on umpire abuse as well. It, it's it's minus eight in a normal situation when the game's on the line and someone gives away a fifty, you lose so many points. It's more, yeah. Oh, sisley
4: <clears throat> well, has been has been um, has been working on his mental side of the game. I believe I've seen a few articles that he's gone and seen a few people to get his temper under control. So maybe, maybe that's what he's been doing as well as rehabbing oh. his body. He's been re- rehabbing his temper.
2: I would hope so. On the contrary, though, he did give one away in the preseason.
3: <laughs> Immediately, it was in the first five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> in the f- first quarter. That's hilarious.
2: Uh good old Sis. He, 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 he's so good to watch. But um, so for me, um, Clangers as well uh, aren't just ineffective kicks; they are freeze against, so they're worth negative three. So negative um, four. They can really add negative up. Four. Negative four, even. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they can add up. Obviously, players who give away heavy amounts of freeze. Some of the Ruckman are guilty for that. Mumford, not a typically good, good scorer. Um, like it, it can all add up. So taking all this into account, obviously there are players. Who draw the freeze more often? Players who give them away more often. You'll be able to figure that out. So um, it's just I don't, I don't know how that affects in sort of as opposed to fantasy, but um, yeah, it's it's really detrimental in, in Supercoach.
4: Yeah, well, it, it means that actions that actually mean something it affects scoring. So I mean, uh, that's what the argument always has been. At least what I've heard is you know Supercoach Coach rewards. Players for actually being better footballers rather than just getting touches. Yeah. And for everything you've just said, it's 100% correct.
3: I think. Yeah, right. Another big example before we move on uh, Taranto is, I guess, he was the clanger king last last season. He averaged 27 touches a game, five marks, and only 97 super coach points. He just can't crack the ton mark because, so even kicks that don't hit a target are worth zero ineffective kicks are worth zero points clangers are worth minus points so he he could we've seen him have quarters where he's had like eight possessions and then he's been on like three super coach points yeah Yeah. wow well. so yeah yeah okay you need to do something with the ball <laughs>
4: mm, okay good. good
2: um all right so just lastly uh one more little subsection here to touch on is just the difference in trading we've already obviously spoken about it the fact that uh you guys have unlimited trades um we have a finite amount. I say you and we you're you're on the fence now you're both sides <laughs> yes correct. Um, <clears throat> but it's there's a there's a tiny bit more obviously we've spoken about the cash grabs and how you need to upgrade your your rookies to premiums um with the trades pistol, do you want to go through a little bit of d p p trading and and just a little bit of sort of extra stuff that we might have that that uh, fantasy doesn't? Sure,
3: and um, correct me if I'm wrong in any of these because I haven't played around with AFL Fantasy using these tricks as heavily as I have with Supercoach, so they might be legitimate in AFL Fantasy, but they also might not be, and I don't know, so I'm going to say them anyway. All um, right, good. Obviously, you're aware you can trade players across positions if the players have DPP, and you're able to you know, trade a, a mid-forward um, for yep. a forward if you have another mid-forward in your forward line by using the substitute button, and they go into a position. Simple, right? Yep. Yep. However, you can't three-way trade officially in Supercoach, which is if you have a mid-forward in your for- in your midfield, you have a forward defender in your forward line, and you have a defender midfielder in your back line. If you trade out that midfielder, then you want to bring in, you want to move your now defender mid into your middle, and you want to put your forward defender into your back. You can't do that in supercoach without using a oh. trade.
0: Oh. So you
3: have to then trade that player out to, let's say, your, that forward mid, you're trading Buddy Franklin. So now you've swapped around those two other positions. However, if you then trade Buddy Franklin back to the original player that you had in your side, you will be refunded the trades and you will have just ended up swapping the three positions in your team but you won't have cost yourself any trades. But the trick is you need to be able to do the two trades in that round. So if you've already used two trades, you then can't do that. So you need to have trades in the bank for that round to be able to make that switcheroo.
4: Okay, so you can do the switcheroo with trades in the bank for that round, uh, yep. but then effectively reverse it and you get refunded the trade. That's
3: Am it. I understanding yep. that correctly? But So the key thing is you're able to re- get your trade back but you've now switched around your DPPs in your team. So different players are now covering different lines. Now, that's yes. important because this year, they finally introduced reverse trades after the deadline. Before, as soon as the first game started, you couldn't reverse your trades. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So this year, you, you are allowed to. However, if you've used DPP in your trade, they won't be you won't be able to reverse it. However, using this trick you will be able to reverse it by trading back in the player that you traded out as long as they haven't played yet. So there is a way to get around it. So that's okay. that's a big thing in knowing the, the tricks and the trades of Super Coach. So mm. that can then be extended into on-trading players for free. So what that means is, let's say I have a rookie who has been concussed from the previous week. Sorry, I keep mentioning concussion, but it's the easiest thing that comes to mind. Someone's been concussed They're playing in a Thursday night match and they're going to lock out. But because it's Thursday, I'm not really sure what the final teams are on a Sunday. I can trade that player to one of those rookies on the Sunday like without a a worry in my mind. It's just trading me. It doesn't matter. Then as soon as the teams are named on a Sunday, um, which, sorry, they're named on Friday for the Sunday teams, if that player that I've traded in isn't named, I can on-trade the player that I've just traded in to another guy and it won't cost right. me a trade. Right.
4: right. So you can't you're not going to get that original player back because he's already played, yep. but you can switch that trade to a you know a different rookie or yes. someone else. And it
3: won't cost you an extra trade. It will be All right. refunded. All right.
2: That's good. So, I like
3: that. So it's very important because you can use that to your advantage to um, see what the Sunday final teams are. Very
2: good. That, that even made my head spin. Wheel. So <laughs> no, no, don't, I understand I don't
3: blame
4: it. Us, yeah. I mean, hopefully, I've identified, I've, I've represented that I'm not a complete nuffy. I do know no, that, you're not, you're not. I, I do know what's happening, but uh, there there is slight differences, and it's it's not more complicated. It's probably complex is the yep. word I'd use. It's not complicated. It's the same theories as mm. Dream Team. It's just a bit more going on, and you've got to think about it a little bit more. So yeah. that means Super coach Plus uh, coaches are the smarter version. <laughs>
2: Wow, there you go. Uh, that's I'm going to grab that timestamp uh, for later. Um, all right, so I think that essentially, look, at this point, uh, information overload, but um, how is your team looking? How, what have you changed? I think we can sort of wrap up a little bit. There's, there's yeah. been a lot going yeah. on in the podcast.
4: Let's let's, let's wrap it up, but um, I'll tell you the guys that have come in since we've been talking. Yep. I mean, what we're going to try and do this season, um, this hasn't been 100% confirmed, but we're just sort of Wishing this into existence.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Dr. Supercoach is going to help me become a top thousand player in Supercoach. Is that correct? Yes. Lock right, it in. So, well, so, what's going to need to <laughs> happen is happen. You're, going to have, you're going to have to have a good look at my team before the you know, Wednesday uh, you know, first game. I know it's absolutely. rolling lockout, but we're going to have to have a real go at it. But since we've been chatting, uh, I've taken Crisp out. Luke Ryan's entered my team now. That's just on the back of a few things you were mentioning about contested marking, about intercept marking, about how he uses the football. I like Luke Ryan, so he's sort of entered the team. I've still got um, Hewitt, but I've just freed up around seventy k in salary cap, so I may need to. I may be able to move him around. Uh, midfield, McRae's come in. Uh, Jack Steele is next to him now. I don't want Tuk Tuk. Uh, I, I just I don't I don't want yeah, I, I've, I've gone with Steele. I think he's probably Still's the only... A safe bet. Still I mean, he's the, only, bet. he's the only player at St Kilda that actually does anything. <laughs> so Steele comes in. Um, Petrarca stays in the side. Uh, I need to get Rowley in somehow, to be honest. Uh, I don't have him yep. in my team, but I need to get him in. Um, and then in the forward line, Isaac Heaney has entered the team. Trelaw out, Heaney in. And McGovern came in. Somebody else came out that I can't remember who was there. Uh, yep. Will, Will Brody. Bye-bye, Will Brody. Okay, JB.
3: Right. So JB, based on, I, yeah, need, I need to know your thoughts on Trelaw out and in Heaney in.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm I'm historically an anti Heaney person. <laughs> so uh, am
4: I. So am I. So am I. So um, give, give me another option. The,
2: no, I mean, look, honestly, the I think the changes you've made, um, I think they reflect the conversation. They they like. I think injury risk is still like needs to be hammered in a little bit. So like even Luke Ryan and, and Heaney on that sort of line, like Crisp is guaranteed twenty two. I, I think I think keep Crisp in there. He's okay. he's okay. he's probably better than um, Luke Ryan. Look, okay. Heaney Heaney has his merit. I think I think like I'm I'm not trying to like talk anyone off of Heaney, but it's yeah. It's there's uh, not many you, options up forward. There's well, legitimately you, you not many blo- options up forward.
4: You blokes are taking me to the thousand. So who are we putting in? Okay, no or no Heaney. Who do you want me to have in my team?
3: Well, we're looking at a mid pricer in this spot. I think.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I, I, because of the rookies, and w- without sort of <laughs> diving all the way into an actual another hour of podcasting, with the rookies looking so grim everywhere. I think he um, Heaney back down to Will Brody or even down to Sherry from North Melbourne if you think he's going to get the right oh, gig.
4: Sherry um, Evans. Yeah, very good.
2: That's the one. Um, I think that money can be spent positively to upgrade Hewitt or um, to get someone to row even or um, something along those lines. So I think, I think it's preferable to have less forwards uh, premiums. And and better to sort of invest that money elsewhere.
4: That, into your that head, leaves so. – my, my forward line looks completely grim right
2: now. <laughs> yeah, <fellas>. it's going <laughs> to look
4: bad. Dunkley, Butters are my top two. And then I've got Cherry, Canelio, McGovern, Rochelle. Like, that is disgusting, fellas. <laughs> disgusting. That, that's,
2: that's about what I'm running with. Let me, oh, let me tell you right now, no scenes. super coach player looks at their team if they if they're full-on taking it seriously – no one's looking at their team right now and enjoying what they're seeing. It is oh. grim for rookies. We would rather have, <laughs> would rather have a lot of 123, 117k guys. They just don't exist. Yes. So okay. we're having to invest a little bit more money into ugly mid prices and expensive there's, rookies.
4: Does Bruce stay as my? Uh, he's my backup ruck, or should I be going down to someone like a Hugh Dixon or um, the lad from Porto, <clears> you know, a, a true rookie
2: ruck? Yeah, so that uh, that's actually an interesting conversation. So I don't mind Proust there. I think the the issue is um, in the whole cash versus points debate. Um, you're essentially choosing to have that extra income uh, generated, but less points on your field. So it's it's kind of a discussion with where does that hundred k get you if you go down to Dixon, almost, which I think is the next almost best
3: gets you Hewitt to Luke Ryan. Oh, yeah, boy. so that
2: that's the sort of positive change that that would make so it's kind of weighing up uh, if you get enough mid prices in elsewhere i think i'd scrap Bruce and, and just get dixon
4: pistol it sounds like you're keen on luke ryan mate
3: I, i'm a little bit of a closet free fan <laughs> <laughs> no I, I really like uh a lot of the Fremantle defenders they've always they've held me in uh, good stead for the last couple of years especially in my fantasy draft so i am on on uh, chapman this season um but I also don't, I can understand the appeal of of uh, Ryan, and I do think I've I've made my early predictor. I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, but I do have them eighth in my early prediction of uh, the final eight. So I think they, they're they in for a pretty good season. So I don't I don't really mind any of the uh, Fremantle talk and Fremantle boys.
4: Okay, very good. Well, as we said, we're probably going to wrap this up, boys, but I'll, maybe I'll send you through a, you know, my final version and then you can pick it apart in some spare time. we get something out before Wednesday with yeah. uh, my final squad.
2: Absolutely, 100%. I do,
3: before you go, um, I've just got a couple of questions for you. Just I want to see, test how good your memory is. Okay, love it. <laughs> do you think or do you remember a specific game that you played where you think you would have scored the most amount of super coach points and how many points do you think you scored?
4: Oh, it would have had to have been in the season I averaged the most, I assume, um, which I know was earlier in my career rather than later. Um, is it around the... It's, is it pre-2015? It is pre-2015. 20, 20,
3: 2012,
4: 2012 was a pretty high average. I, I thought 2012 was my best year super coach, so... Is it 2012? No, it's
3: 2013. 2013? 2013. You know, I'll tell you what the score is so you can know okay. roughly. You scored 111 Supercoach points.
0: Oh, um, boy.
3: You had four tons, which is pretty good, and 111 is a pretty good score. So I'm, I'm wondering if any games come to mind where you're like, you know what, I've killed that game. <laughs> um,
4: can you give me – was it home or away? It would have been home. Okay. And, and you, w- you may w-
3: have copped – a main knee to the back of your head.
4: Um, so it was against, what, <laughs> Fremantle, I'm assuming? It was against Fremantle. Really? It was.
3: You kicked two goals.
4: Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that game. <laughs> I do remember that game. I played... Um, I actually played... It was when you're allowed to go third man up in the ruck, and they gave me this role. I played half forward, and I would come up, uh, and because it was Sanderlands was dominating at that stage, I would come up, and we'd have a little call, and I'd come over the back, and, and, and I was... Hitting out, I reckon I had eight or nine hit-outs that game. It did? was my career-high yep. hit-outs, <laughs> my career-high yeah, career hit career goals were equal to it. Um, and I would have had 20 touches or
3: so. Yeah, you had 17 we touches, lo- six we, marks, we lost, seven hit-outs. We, we lost, though, correct? Uh, I believe so. Oh, <laughs> I, think I think we lost. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> my, because my, you know My computer's frozen, but I think you did, yeah. I'll
4: I tell you what, we win that and I'll win a um, Ross Denny medal and, you know, right off into the sunset.
3: <laughs> also. Um, okay, very good. And and uh, out of all teams, do you think uh, which team do you think you enjoyed playing the most according to your Supercoach average?
4: I think it would have to be a decent team. Um, I'm going to go with either the Bulldogs or Hawthorne.
3: It's interesting. Uh, you're not, not far from it here, but you actually... Hawthorne was your worst team. <laughs> ah, perfect. Yep,
4: awesome, great. <laughs> so that,
3: that, wasn't, that wasn't good. Not no. far from it, he said. <laughs> not, not far from it, just being, being <laughs> not, polite. Not close man. either. Not close either. <laughs> Against Carlton, you averaged above 70 Supercoach points, which is pretty good.
4: <laughs> Carlton I'm just trying to think what sort of I remember getting absolutely toweled up by Harry Mackay late in my career yeah um, that's that, why I'm such a big I'm a big a fan one. of him <laughs> no he, he played and he would have had about 13 marks on me and absolutely taught me a lesson as a as a first year player I think so that was a fun one to play in um uh Carlton I mean I was always you know what people were surprised I get the question oh who's the hardest opponent you ever played on and people think it'd be a you know Gary Ablett Jr or a Lance Franklin, I sort of was playing tall and small for a lot of my career. Jared Waite, uh, Carlton and North Melbourne player, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, he used to petrify me. Well, not petrify me, that's an overuse. But he he had everything in his book that he could do. He could take a contested mark. He could beat you with speed. He was agile. He could kick over 50. He, he could get you in any way he wanted. And he was a triple threat sort of guy. And he was one player that I used to think, gee, this is going to be a hard day. So in saying that... I'm glad I went well against Carl.
3: <laughs> no, I thought it was very interesting. And again, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. I think uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I, I very much look forward to having more of these podcasts throughout the season.
4: Sounds good, fellas. I've got a bit of work to do on this team, and I'll send you through my updates uh, in due time. Thanks for having me.
2: Good stuff. All right, thanks very much for that, Scoey. Thanks for joining me as well, Pistol. That's going to do us for this episode. We've got at least one podcast coming out next week, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully a lot more. I'm not going to say hopefully. There will be a lot more coming out with Scoey in the future as well. Great having him on. Thanks very much, guys, and we'll catch you next time. You can find all our main socials, facebook.com forward slash Doctor Supercoach on
0: Twitter. Our main page is at doctor underscore SC. You can find me on Twitter at at chizo underscore drsc with a Z. You've got JB at JB underscore drsc. Pistol at pistol underscore drsc. Feel free to give us a like and a follow and review us on any podcasting platform that you feel is necessary and you want to give us some feedback. We love hearing from you guys. Until then, we'll see you guys at your next Dr. Supercoach appointment.